Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets, what's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Well, it's been a long time, but we're back. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button uh, on the, I think it's on the right hand side of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will receive an email telling you that we've put up a new show. And that is the only email that you'll receive. Now I'm sitting today with Brian Whitmer, who is the editor of the European Finance Financial Forecast, which is an Elliott Wave international publication. He has a background in civil engineering and he's always closely followed and traded markets before joining Elliott Wave International in early 2009, right near the bottom, as he says. So, Brian, welcome very much to the show. Thanks for having me. My, my pleasure. And um, so let's start, Brian. I, I, I suppose let's start with your area of expertise, which is European stocks. What, 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 is, your, what is your current outlook? What is your forecast? The outlook is similar in Europe as it is in the US. We think we are in a what we call a B wave in in Elliott Wave analysis. We describe B waves, this is a B wave rally from the March 2009 low. We describe B waves as phonies, right? If you can if you can sit back and say to yourself, you know, it feels like there's something wrong with this market, that's usually an indication that it's a B wave. It's interesting that this B wave peak that we believe is is nearby is actually a higher degree than the peak in 2007. So, we're so, so the A wave began when? The A wave down would have began um, in 2000. In 2000, yeah, we had a B wave rally. We had an ABC decline into the 2000 low, 2009 low. Yeah, and we've been rallying since okay. then. So it's it's there's two components to that there's an AB a smaller ABC decline into the 2009 low. So the the peak in 2007 was a smaller degree B wave. Now we're at a what we'd call a cycle degree B wave. Essentially what that means, I think in terms of opportunity, everything that was an opportunity in 2007, what few opportunities there were is now a bigger opportunity now. Um, we're anticipating all of the same trends that, that persisted during the financial crisis. So, so we have declines ahead in other words? I think so, yeah. And, and on what kind of magnitude? Um, this is, like I said, this is a cycle degree uh, pattern that we see. So this is a this is a large degree. Um, I think in this environment, you want to be out of stocks. You want to be out of bonds. We think bonds topped last year, and that was a major top in, in world bond markets. Long term bonds. You want to be essentially in short term cash and cash equivalents. The idea at this stage is to preserve capital and and have the funds available to take advantage of yeah. fire sales that we think are, are still coming. So what kind of lows do you think are ahead of the stock market? Are we going to retest the 2009 lows? Or? Eventually, I think we'll take them out. But yeah, that would be the first stop would be to to get down to to those lows. Is such a thing possible with all the money that's being created and all the vested interests that, that uh, exist in the political world to keep the stock market up? 
Right. I don't I don't think those things drive market trends. If you look at the say the QE policy in the United States, we've had well, QE zero was the initial uh, printing that happened during the financial crisis. Stocks actually crashed. We're crashing after that initial after all that initial printing was going on. So it didn't stop the, the market from declining then. Now everybody says, well, this QE policy is, is pushing the market up. I don't think any of those things, any fundamental reasons like that actually drive stock trends. Um, stocks trace out Elliott wave patterns because crowd behavior is, is patterned. But um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see this, uh, this money printing making any difference other than to make the eventual correction worse. Okay, so we are in the early stages, perhaps. So, so that the this B wave that you've described, it's a kind of we're talking on a kind of multi-year um, term, and we're now starting to. You think we're at the beginning of a of a? I beg your pardon. We're at the beginning of a B wave headed lower. No, the the, the what's coming would be called a C wave okay, decline. Okay, fine. Okay. And C waves is sort of the the final stage of a of a bear market where you get that final you make that final low. I think we're a long way from that. We're in mm-hmm. fact we're starting this C wave now down now or or near it. Yeah. And that's where you get that. I mean, the the, the famous decline in the Dow from twenty nine to thirty two. That's an example of a C wave. Yeah, we have an ongoing C wave in Athens right now, and the Greek composite that's yeah. been going on since uh, two thousand since the top in two thousand seven. I mean, Athens yeah. Greek shares peaked at trough or down ninety percent. That's the kind of decline you get in a C wave. So would you be shorting you'd be shorting the Dow and the S and P at the moment, would you? If I was a trader, I, I might be. I'm uh for the for the average guy that's worried about his pension or his four oh one K, I'm not recommending shorting markets at all. I'm recommending if you have money in the market, if you have money in stocks to yeah. to get that money out and keep it in safe short term cash equivalents and and be ready or have it available to take care of, to take advantage not just of fire sales and stocks but i yeah. think there'll be bargains in real estate in in commodities in just about any asset so where is in where is in um say the period from 2003 through till about 2008 2009 everything rose and then everything fell pretty much in 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 tandem um We've now seen since, I don't know, over the last two or three years, say, we've now seen some divergence. We've seen the American indices doing very well, the French, the Spanish, the Italian, the Greek, all being, you know, not quite so stellar. The DAX has done well, obviously, as has the FTSE. But um, do you see a a return to this kind of all-one-market Situation, or, or do you think some markets are going to do better than others, or what's your outlook there? The, the former, I think, will return to a sort of all the same markets kind of scenario. What you describe is is a great reason to to suspect that this rally or is to be um, to be suspicious of this rally. We do see that fracturization of markets. We have Britain and the U.S. that are near or, or at all time highs. The DAX is is at all time highs, and then we have. Uh, European indexes, I mean, broad-based European blue chip indexes, the, the Eurostox 50 or the Euro, Euro, European 500 index that is still down from its 2000 highs significant, from its 2007 highs significantly. And we have peripheral Europe that's 
in its own uh, sort of mess over there. So this is sort of a fractured rally. Yeah, that's something we look for. It's sort of classic bear market behavior. Uh, the other thing I notice in the FTSE is we've had contracting volume this entire rally since 2009. If you look at a chart of FTSE volume, it's been contracting. That's classic bear market rally behavior. We think again, it's a B wave. B waves are allowed to make a new a new high uh, in a that's a Elliott wave pattern called a flat, but I think it's a phony, and I think the next leg down, like you said, is sort of this return to an all-the-same-market situation where, where everything moves together. Now, one of the most frustrating things about being in markets is missing big moves up. Uh, I mean, it's one thing being short when it's moving up. That's, that's more than frustrating. That's painful. But being in cash when the market is moving up is, is a deeply frustrating experience. And, um, Especially with interest rates, when you're earning nothing on that money. Absolutely. Now, so what is your, um, what is your, you know, at what point will you, I mean, how are you managing your risk here? What, at what point will you say, actually, we're wrong and this is a bull market? What, 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 what kind of levels are we talking about? In order, in order for me to get long-term bullish, what I need to see is we look at two things in wave analysis. We look at pattern and we look at sentiment. So I want to see a complete Elliott wave corrective pattern since 2000. We believe that 2000 actually marked a, a fifth wave advance basically over the past century. Um, but I want to see a complete corrective pattern and I want to see sentiment that is very negative, that is moribund, that is, um, I want to see sentiment similar to, let's say, the depression era lows, or at least the the lows in say the early '80s or or the mid '70s, where people are suspicious of stocks. Okay, as, as, is sentiment wildly bullish at the moment, or I is think, it just slightly? I mean, a, a lot of the sentiment readers you you come across suggest that that there's more upside to be had. I don't. I I think how I would describe sentiment today is complacent. Okay, so. If you look at people look at the investors intelligence survey, that's a survey that goes back uh, forever. Percentage of bears there in the um, in U.S. shares is at 15.6, a very low percentage there. That's the lowest since uh, early 1987, before the crash of 87. In Europe, if you look at all the the typical fear gauges, say in in, in options markets, the equivalents to the VIX in the yeah. U.S., they're all signaling. Complacency, the most complacency since the 2007 top. If we look at credit markets, I think credit markets are showing tremendous complacency now. Um, historic volatility, uh, currencies, I think, are, currency traders are complacent. The euro has been trending up uh, for a while, um, and I, I, I think uh, the euro is in a long-term downtrend really since 2008 against the dollar, but, but. You know, as it's rallied and as stocks have rallied, all of a sudden, all of the the talk of the euro crisis has gone away, and I think there's tremendous complacency there. I think all that is going to return once we make this final peak in stocks and everything starts heading lower together. Okay, very good. Now let's turn the subject. So I think we've we've kind of done the stock market and we've done uh, both in Europe and in the USA. What do you make of emerging markets? I'm talking, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, those kind of places. I'll be honest, not to uh, drive this interview to a halt, but I, 
I honestly don't have a strong opinion on, on emerging markets at the okay, moment. Okay, let's turn it to currencies. You're bullish on the dollar, you're bearish on the euro. What about the most important currency of all, which is, of course, the British pound? <laughs> um, the, the pound, what I don't like about the pound is that when, when push came to shove in 2008, the pound sold off with everything else. The only thing that was a, what I'm wildly bullish on right now is actually the U.S. dollar. Now, I, I just spoke at the, at the London Money Show this weekend, and um, there was several talks that I sort of fundamentally agree with of, of how, how horrific the dollar is and how our government is, is so out of control in the U.S. and our debt is so out of control and how this is bearish for the dollar. And I, I disagree. As bad as the dollar is, and I, I'm no fan of fiat currencies. I'm a gold bug. I'm not a, a gold bull at the moment, but I'm not a fan of fiat currency. And, and they all sort of find their intrinsic, intrinsic value of worthlessness eventually. But people still move into the dollar during times of crisis. We saw that in 2008. And I think if a larger crisis is upon us, which I think is near, I think people are going to move back into the dollar. So if there's one market that I am bullish on, it is the U.S. dollar right now. Okay, okay. Um, what about, do you look at any of the Asian currencies? I don't. Okay. Now, um, gold. What do you make of gold? What are, what are your, what's your forecast there? Well, again, I... I I don't see gold as a crisis hedge. It did not act as a crisis hedge during our last big crisis. I don't think it'll be a crisis. People did not want gold in 2008. They wanted cash. They wanted liquidity. Um, I think, so I, I, no, I'm not bullish on gold here. We sort of recommend holding a core position of physical gold and, and physical silver sort of for emergencies. I definitely don't like gold stocks, uh, if you look at, say, the XAU index, we've really made no net progress since 1983, <laughs> I, I believe. That's a pretty remarkable thing. Funny. Gold in 1983 was trading at $400 yeah. an ounce. Today, it's triple that. And gold stocks have made no net progress for 30 years. So I would definitely be out of gold stocks. I do hold, a, a or I would recommend holding a fundamental position in bullion, but that's really just an emergency. Have you got any targets on the gold price? Are you looking for ten fifty or twelve twenty or? Uh, no, I think we're heading. I, I, I think we're heading down beyond. I think we're heading below a thousand, um, probably in the next year or two. But um, I, I don't. No, I don't have any specific target. Okay. Um, now this is a question that um, I'm sure will be on many listeners' lips. The issue of Elliott waves, because over the years, you know, there have been some amazing calls by practitioners of Elliott wave, and but they all seem a little bit arbitrary. You know, Elliott waves mean different things to different people, and if there's one kind of overriding um, trend with Elliott waves, is that is that often the interpretation is too bearish. What, what, what are, so uh, let's talk about that for a little bit. How well do you think Elliott Wave works? I think Elliott Waves work, work extremely well. I think where the problem comes in the, is in the application of it. I, I got the same question on a panel at the Money Show this weekend is why, is, why are Elliott Waves always so bearish? And we're not bearish on all markets. For instance, the dollar. We're extremely bullish on the dollar. We were extremely bullish on stocks back in 
uh, February of 2009, right near the low. And the reason we were bullish then, the reason we're bullish on the dollar, say now, is we saw a complete pattern and we saw sentiment that was extreme and extremely negative. So we are more than willing to accept the evidence and to get bullish at, at the opportune times. Now, me personally, I turned bearish too soon at these European stock markets has, has, have held up longer than I, than I originally anticipated. At the same time, we've seen deterioration in peripheral Europe. So it's sort of this slow moving crash that I, I see coming and it, it just hasn't hit the, the, the major markets yet. It's also interesting, by the way, to look at, at, at markets in terms of other things besides say the dollar, if you look at the S&P or the Dow in terms of gold prices, in terms of real money, or if you look at the S&P and the Dow in terms of producer prices, in other words, the things that you can buy with stocks. There's been a bear market since 2000. If you look at inflation-adjusted S&P, inflation-adjusted Dow, it's been down since 2000. So nominal stocks are up, and, and we think it's all part of a, a corrective process since 2000. Okay, well, great stuff. So, Brian, tell us uh, if if any of my listeners want to find out more about what you do, about your work, and so on. How do they how do they follow your work, and how do they get in touch? Go to elliotwave.com. That's our website. We offer all sorts of services for near term traders, short term traders, all the way to guys that just want to kind of follow the the broad trends and, and get an idea of what we think about just broad trends in stocks and the economy. The letter I write is called the European Financial Forecast. It's a monthly letter, and you can scribe, subscribe on our website. We also have tons of free free resources on the website if you want to learn about Elliott Waves, if you want to um, study that particular niche area of, of technical analysis. It's a fascinating area, and uh, tons of free resources, free resources on the website. Okay, well, great stuff. Well, Brian Whitmer, thank you very much. The website, once again, is elliotwave.com Thanks for having me. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com That's globaledgeinvestors.com To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, Please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes.